daf lamed ches on the aleph, the feeling of freedom arba kasot halalim. So we have in the in the Gemara, Omer Rabbi Elazar, Rabbi Elazar, um, develops further the idea that that Rabbi uh, Avo brought in the name of of Rav Dimi earlier on on, on daf lamed hey, uh, where he said, you remember, we've been dealing with it directly and indirectly for a few days already. Uh, the idea that if you're eating something which is permitted and something which is asur together, even though the isur part is less than a kazayis, they join together to make uh, an isur. Uh, that was the, the Rabbi Yochanan. Today we have Rabbi Avo brings in the name of Rabbi Elozor, that in liquids, there we were talking about solids, when it comes to liquids, uh, two liquids, if there's one which is also one which is mutter, and the isur liquid is less than a revius, a revius is the equivalent of a kazais. A kazais is in solids, and a revius is, uh, is in liquids, and a revius, the minimum shear, uh, according to the postkeep of a revius, is 86 cc's. Um, which is the uh, the amount of a revius. If if you haven't eaten a revius, then it's not punishable. Uh, and other than nozir, a revius of isur and a revius of heter don't join together. So similar to Rabbi Yochanan, but Rabbi Yochanan was talking even in laws of of solids mixing together. And Rabbi Avo, and Rabbi Elazar is talking specifically about liquids. Then he goes on to say, Rabbi Elazar, while we focused on Rabbi Elazar and his understanding of, of liquids, he says, Omar Rabbi Elazar, Eser hen, there are 10 cases where you need a revius and halacha. And he lists, he goes through the 10 cases for which you need a revius, you need this measurement of 86 uh, cubic centimeters. Uh, and one of them is so back on the first Mishnah on our Perik and on Lamed Dalad Amud Bet, we had Mishnah Rishonah, the original Mishnah, the way we learned originally, Omerit, Ad Yain, and Nazir doesn't become a Nazir um, unless he's drank a Revius of, of wine. And it was on that that Rabbi Akiva said, yes, but if he dips bread into the wine, even if there's not a Revius of wine, but there's a Kazais altogether of bread and wine, then he's, uh, he's over. That's where we got onto the whole concept that we've been dealing with for several, several days. So that's one case where you need a revise. I know that you need a revise. Um, and the other one is Ose Pesach. So it's, uh, really we were into the month of Adar and the, the Daf is getting us into Pesach thinking already. But Ose uh, Pesach, the Pesach as well, the Omar of Yehuda, Omar Shmuel, Arba Kosot Haladu these four kosot that we have on, on say, the night have to be a, a revius as well. That's one of the cases, one of the ten cases. What's interesting in the ten cases is that there is not a mention of Kiddush. Kiddush on Friday night also has to be a revius. And, and the uh, Rabbi Elazar doesn't mention those among the five. The Gemara doesn't touch upon those, those among the five. So this, interestingly, ties in, Philip, to the shear that you were reviewing yesterday. You were revising the first shear from Masech Denozer, from Dav Gimel, and there we, we spoke about this a bit. 
And it's and it's wonderful to see a person reviewing in a, one of the older shirim. We we work at a pace, and every day there's a new shir. But the essence of 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 learning is chazorah. We you really learn when you uh, review. Um, I've mentioned to you, I think, before the comment of Ladibun in the book of one of the Russian American author, who says something so important, not just for reading but also for learning. He says there's no such thing as reading. There is only rereading. The first time you read something, you're not reading. You're just skimming. You're going through it. It's not possible to read something the first time. If it's something worth applying your mind to, it's only when you reread and you read it over a second and a third time. And we seldom give ourselves the time to reread. Uh, but that's when you really, your mind starts working, you start grappling with the issues. And if, if that's the case with regular reading, how much more is that the case with learning and with Gomorrah? And that's one of the the problems with the Dafyomi is it happens so fast that you're always just, you're lucky to try and keep up uh, to be reading the new, the new Daf. But what about the old Dafyomi? What about the Chazorah? What about the reviewing? And the reviewing is important not just to embed it in memory, but the reviewing is part of the learning process. That's what one doesn't understand. And that when you review, each time you review something, you should review it as if you've never seen it before, as if you're learning it the first time. And then each time you go a level deeper and a level deeper, the, um, uh, I, I might have mentioned to you that when I was learning in Kfar Hasidim with Rebilio Mishkovsky, he used to give a shir kloli once a week, which nobody really understood. I discovered when I didn't understand it, and I went into depression. My chavrusa said to me, you're not the only one, because i just come from South Africa. My Hebrew wasn't good. The other people in the yeshiva had been learning in yeshiva almost full-time since they were children. Their body of knowledge was enormous. I felt incredibly <laughs> inadequate. And then I sit and listen for an hour every week to the shir, and I don't understand a word of it. And they said to me, you're not the only one. So I did a little survey to check how many people understood the shir. I found there were two that really understood it, another three or four who kind of understood it. Nobody else understood it. So... I started recording it. It was the first time they started, Baruch Hashem, I started recording, they carried on, and the published shirim of Rebellion Mishkovsky was because of, because of those recordings uh, that we made, that we had something something left over. I started recording, and I could, that way I could spend time with my chavrusa, we could go over the shir piece by piece and try and put it together. Um, and at one point, I had the opportunity to tell him it, it, his presentation is so poor that it, he, he presents as he thinks, not as people need to understand. It's impossible to, to hear. So he said, well, what should I do about it? So I said, what you should do about it is learn with me once a week, before this year. And if you can explain it to me and I understand it, then you'll be able to explain it that way to everybody else and everybody will understand it. He said, okay. So we started the most amazing experience of my learning life at Chavrusim, every Mutzah Shabbos, for hours and hours and hours with the with Rebellion Mishkovsky. And he would start learning the Gomorrah. He would show me what Gomorrah he's going to be working on, and he would start reading the Gomorrah and the Rashi like a child who'd never seen it before. This is a man who's already given a shir on that Gomorrah. He's about to give a shir kloli on that Gomorrah. He's done it how many times has, has the yeshiva learned that Masechta? How many times has he learned it before, before he became a Rosh Yeshiva? This is a man who knew Shas inside out. And when he started learning it, he would start learning it like a child. What do you think this means? Could it mean this? Could it mean that? Uh, and, and that's how one needs to do Chazorah. So, so Philip, you were working on the, on the Shir, and that always 
worries me with moving at this pace. We always, with the new shear, that we don't have time to sometimes go back to the older ones and to understand them properly and to review them properly uh, and, and how important that is. It's also, you know, we talk about the matmonim and what people get out of it and we're at a time in Israel where there's a lot going on that's wrong uh, and, and there's a lot of talk and conversation about all the things that are wrong. But one has to also understand the things that are are right. And I had two experiences of that this week. The one was I was sitting outside a restaurant one morning with my son and a hobo walks up to us, wheeling a barrow of stuff. Uh, a real hobo, a homeless kind of a guy. And he walks up and he comes up to us. So we think he wants money. He says, no, he doesn't need money. We think he wants food. He says, no, he doesn't need food. So what does he need? He needs an audience. Why does he need an audience? He's a big Talmud Chochem. He's a big Talmud Chochem. He's a man who started talking. There's an enormous amount of Gomorrah and of Medrash and of, of Zohar from an old Syrian rabbinic family. He's fallen on hard times and isn't well. And he said, nobody will listen to me. I don't have a chance to, to talk. And he started talking Torah and he just carried on and on and on with the most amazing Torah. So you think of a, of a country where, where a hobo stops you and teaches you Torah. Where, where do you get such a thing? And, uh, and yesterday when I went to the funeral of the young man who was killed by terrorists here and the man organizing the traffic was the head of the, of the Nana traffic, many of you know him, and he stopped me as I walked past him. And he just said, I enjoy the Matmonim so much. And then he said, no, I need to correct that. I love them. I don't enjoy them. I love them. And then he went on to tell me why. What about it? What about it is it? What about the learning? What about the approach? Where in the world would, the, would a police officer stop you and tell you about how he enjoys learning and what it means? So one has to, one has to get that in, 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 in perspective. So you give me a lot of nachas, Philip, when I see you writing and I see you reviewing and I see you absorbing its uh, to, to invest that amount of effort in the matmonim is the Gemara that we're learning is amazing. So the, um, he gets a t-shirt for sure. So here in, in, in the Gemara, going back, reviewing from the first shir in, in Masech Tanozir, we brought a Tosfus from Psochim, Davkuf Vov, where Tosfus says, the Kiddush alayayin devar Torah, yes, the Torah says you've got to make Kiddush on wine, on Shabbos. That's a Doraisa. But the need to drink wine, that's only Midrabon and that's not Midoraisa. Um, the main thing is to say the Kiddush. The main thing in the Kiddush is not the drinking of the wine. That's, that's secondary. And that's the difference between Arbakosis and Kiddush. The, Arba, the first of the Arbakosis we know forms two, two mitzvahs. It's, it's, the, it's the glass for Kiddush, and it's also the first of the Arbakosis. But there are com a completely different set of halachot that apply to the Kiddush wine from those that apply to the Arbakosid wine. And the, uh, the Arbakosid wine is there, Uraviz, is part of the inherent, inherent part of the mitzvah. Not so with Kiddush wine. Yes, the glass has to be Uraviz, and you've got to hold the glass in your hand, you're going to make Kiddush on wine. But that's not what the mitzvah is about, though. It's not about the wine, it's about the, it's about the Kiddush. But the Arba Kosis is about the wine. It's, it's completely different. 
Uh, and that's why the Gemara says in Psochim, the beginning of Ave Psochim, the Mishnah says, You can't have less than four glasses of wine. Even if you're so poor that you're taking money from the Tamchui, that means you don't even have money for, for two meals. Why? What's so important about the wine? Says Rashi, because they can neged arbala shonegu ula hamurim begalut mitzrayim, vatseti etchem, vitsalti etchem, vigalti etchem, velakachti etchem, befashat vaera. In Parshat vaera, the, the concept of the gula is expressed in four different ways. Vatseti, vitsalti, vigalti, velakachti. And we have one glass of wine for each of those things. So why? What's it, what's it got to do with that? It's interesting, the Medrash brings. That's one view that's brought in the Medrash, but the other is that when he, the Sarah Mashkim tells Yosef his dream, he talks about having about having, holding the cost of para, the glass of para, also four times. And with the Sarah Mashkim, that's also a process of liberation. It's a process of, of freedom, as it is in the case of Parshas Vaira. Because freedom is a process. Freedom is not something that is binary, that you're a slave one minute and you're freed another minute. It was so, in a moment they became free. But that doesn't mean that they experienced freedom. Experiencing freedom, as is with experiencing many things, is a growth process. You need to go through process. You need to work your way through freedom. And the, these four lishonot of freedom are not just four lishonot. They're four phases in the process of freedom. So the vatsaiti, the first is just to be physically taken out of them. You're out of there. That, that in itself is a relief. Then vihitsalti, now I've saved you, you will no longer be subject to the risk. You're not only are free of, the, of your captors, but you're free of risk from the captors. Vihitsalti. And then vigoalti, you are become spiritually free. Your mind, you can become emotionally free, not just physically free. And then velokakti, now that you're free, you've moved out of that. You know, I haven't moved from, from slavery into nothingness. You've moved from slavery into avodas Hashem. That's the fourth phase of it. So you're walking, working through four phases. The, the Seder is a model of how to educate children. The says, You tell your child in, on that day, the Seder is the way you educate a child. And we see from here that when you're dealing with education, it's not about information. Yes, it's true, a child is like a sponge, is an opportunity for a young child to, to, to fill him up with knowledge, to fill him up with information that he couldn't possibly get later on. And he's able to absorb that. But that's not what education is about. Education is about creating the feeling in them. So that's what the Pesach Seder says. We say, And Reb Chaim Soloveitchik says that means the whole of Yitziat Mitzrayim took place so that there should be a backdrop for a Seder every night throughout the ages. Because the Seder is what is important, not the history. What's important is the present. Yiddishkeit is not about history. Yiddishkeit is about now, how to educate your children now. And that's to take them through the experience. And wine is an experience. Wine, wine takes you on a journey. First glass of, glass of wine, you feel a little different from the way you felt before. And the second glass of wine, you feel it a little different. And the third glass of wine, a little different. The fourth glass, so you're moving through a process of letting go of the things that you're very self-conscious about. As you drink, you let go of that self-consciousness. You let go of the slavery to your own ego. 
and you start fooling around a little bit. You're not so concerned about how you come across and how you look and how people see you. It's more about how you're feeling. That's what wine does. It takes you into the experience of feeling away from the experience of, of just mental, mental awareness. It takes you into a, an awareness, a heart awareness, a feeling awareness. And that's what we do when we educate children at the Pesach Seder and when we educate ourselves. It's necessary to take ourselves through that experience. And that's why Moshe Feinstein and some other poskim hold, you can't be Yotze Arbacosis with grape juice. That doesn't do anything for the experience. Most poskim hold you can. I think Ramosha Feinstein suggests you mix if you, if you find the wine difficult. But, but I, I need to tell you, if you find wine difficult, difficult for the Arbacosis, we see how important it is that it's experiential. It's not just I've drunk my wine, it's grape juice, it's fine. I said a boy, I go off it. There's the experience that you need. And what happens if you find that difficult and it's disturbing your ability to be Mikhaim, the mitzvah of Zechel Tzias Mitzrayim, and it's, it's getting there, what, what should you do? So the, the, the hint that I'll give you is look for small glasses. The problem with Seder night is people use big glasses and you have to use a row of course. 86 cc's or 100 cc's is a small glass. We went around shopping until we found glasses that only hold 90 or 100 cc's. And that's easy. You can easily drink a row of course. The problem is our, gla our glasses are too big. When Chazasi, you've got to drink four glasses. They don't have to be four big glasses. They only have to be 100 cc's. But it should be wine. One should have the experience of being able to feel that drifting into another space so that one can relate to the four Lashonas, the four phases of becoming free, free from others and free from oneself. Mm -hmm.